0: Yes, yes, hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of Knowledge with Homage. I am your host, David Castle, coming at you live from the quarantine zone known as Carson City, Nevada, here on this, the 13th of April, 2020. Good morning, good day, good afternoon, good night, whatever, whatever time of day it might be in the place in which you reside, I hope it's going good for you. Yep, hope everybody's lockdown's going okay and uh, you're transitioning smoothly into this martial law cop police state that they're trying to bring in. <clears throat> and being met with very little resistance by the average person, except your your neighborhood podcaster over here. But what can you do? It's just the way it goes these days, I suppose. Uh, yeah, it's April, you know, officially spring. Beautiful weather out here lately. I've been doing some fun stuff. I went camping in the snow, actually. That was crazy. Uh, we snowshoed up to the top of this mountain, me and my friend Jimmy. And it was really hard, man. We were camping in like four feet of snow. Fucking had to dig some shit out. Chop down some trees. It was crazy, man. My Everything still smells like a campfire right now. So we had to have a campfire. Had to have a campfire in order to survive. But we made it. Took a little bit of mushrooms too. Eh, wasn't really feeling it. I was fucking terrified. I took it in the middle of the night. I felt like I was in The Shining. It was scary. Yep, yeah, I think too much on that stuff. I can only do it a couple times a year, maybe. In fact, it's it had been like a year before I. Did. I didn't even take that much. I just took a little bit. But uh, nope, bad idea. So that sucked. <laughs> but, you know, everything was good <clears throat> for the most part. Excuse me. And things are all right. I do want to mention to you guys, uh, you good listeners out there, about my website, homage.com. That's H-Zero-M-A-G-E dot com. Or you can reach it through homage com, And that's spelled without a zero on that one. Either way, it's going to redirect you to the same site, homage.com with a zero, H-Zero-M-A-G-E dot com. Uh, you can also find all my content there. Uh, my my album "Inscrutable Malice" is there. I got to put up my other album on there too. I just I haven't gotten around to it, I guess. And um, yeah. So uh, all my stuff is available there. You can find all my podcasts as well, and you can also donate to me. Uh, and I'm getting my store set up too. I'll have some some merchandise and whatnot, shirts and shit. I got all that ready to to go. I just needed like take some pictures of it and and get it up there. So, you know, I've, I've been doing a little bit, but if you want to donate to me to help me, uh, make music or to make these podcasts and just, just host all this stuff on the internet, it does cost money to do and for all the equipment and time and whatnot. So, uh, kind of a value for value type of system. If, if you find a value in the, the things I do, then please contribute. And that's great. If not, then whatever, that's fine too. Just keep listening and tell your friends, I guess. So... Did want to mention that homage.com, dot com h zero m e g e dot com. You could donate to me there uh, via pa- PayPal, and you'll also find all my work as far as music and and podcasts and stuff like that too. Because who knows any day that this shit could be all taken down for saying too much, saying what they don't want you to say. So do want to mention that just so if someday I disappear from social media or some shit like that. I'm still available haven't been on haven't been using Facebook much. I just kind of hate it. Just got all these people who I like fucking went to high school with on there and and different family members. My family's all cool, but there's some people that's just like I don't care for their their comments on my shit. Try to post some real shit. people freak out. That's just the way it goes, right? It's tough, it's tough out here, but there's a lot of good going on in the world. There's people in the hip hop community who are doing some really cool shit. And of course, I'm talking about DJ Premier and RZA. They did a beat battle on Instagram Live, which was so cool. Like, fucking, dude, so awesome. Just two of the most incredible producers ever of any genre of music, but hip-hop especially, obviously. And it was just so sick, dude, seeing them all fucking play all their dopest hits. Fucking, ah, they're just legends, man. Really done some amazing work. They have huge catalogs, both of them. And just incredible producers, class acts, and they were all rocking out to each other's stuff and just so stoked. And you could tell that they just really love music and making dope beats, man. It's it was really cool seeing that. So I would definitely recommend you guys watch that. It's like almost three hours long. And you you'll probably be able to find it on YouTube if you missed the live stream. I missed the live stream. I was out doing some other shit. Actually went uh, four wheeling out to this this hot spring the other day. And that was cool, man. It was also like it was almost like we were living in the real world for a second. There was all these people out there who who fucking four wheeled like miles and miles way out in the mountains to this dope ass hot spring that like it's on the side of a river and then it drains into the river. And there was a bunch of people out there. There's probably like thirty, forty people, maybe, and everyone's just partying, having a good time, drinking their beers and shit. And uh very good people. Everyone was really cool out there. So that was great. And it was almost like It was almost like we were living in the real world again for a second. So that was refreshing, and and congratulations to everybody who's still out there doing fun stuff and not just staying inside because the government told you to. Because (laughs) seriously, guys, man, we could be heading for some bad shit if we just listen to everything that the government tells us to do. Not trying to downplay the severity of this virus, but they're overplaying the severity of this virus. It's, It's not what they're leading us to believe it is. And it's being used to take away all your rights and just fucking really fuck with everybody. It's a huge psychological operation. And we've been manipulated to a a huge extent. And it's just insane. But I'm sure we'll get to that as well because this is all anybody is talking about ever. And obviously we're going to go over it in this show as well. Not that I'm an expert by any means, but I have been paying attention to some shit, but I do have another thing to mention just as far as cool shit goes. I rewatched the GX1000 video, the roll up video on uh that was a f- GX1000 is a skate crew from San Francisco, and they're the most fucking gnarliest dudes out there, man. They're so sick. And this is my favorite skate video of all time that's ever been released. It's called the GX1000 roll up video. And if you guys haven't seen that shit, dude, go on YouTube, do yourself a favor, type that shit in and watch it. It is the most beautiful, fucking well-done, like, just tr- real skateboarder shit, you know? Like, it's a skater's video. It's not like some Nike, Adidas, like, you know, fucking... Not, not to bag on any of those dudes, because they're incredible as well. It's just the GX-1000, it's so raw, like, these, they're fucking gnarly, dude. And it's like... The trick, the actual trick they're doing is just the beginning because they do this crazy fucking trick and then they ride down this crazy hill and, like, almost get hit by a car. Speaking of that, rest in peace, P. Spliff, uh, one of the craziest hill bombers skateboarders ever, uh, just has done some really iconic stuff all over San Francisco, and uh, he passed away. Fuck, was that last year? Relatively recently, Um Died doing what he loved, from what I understand. I think he got hit by, like, a garbage truck while he was skating. Fucking terrible tragedy, but, you know, that kid was nuts, man. Did some really incredible stuff, and that whole crew is just can't say enough good things about it. That shit just made me so happy to watch, especially in these times when everything's so fucked up, you know. uh, You got to find some stuff that you appreciate and focus on that for a little bit, too, because there are some good things still happening in this world. I do still believe that the majority of people are good people And trying to do some cool shit. And skateboarding really makes me uh, remember that skateboarding and hip hop. So, shout out to uh, DJ Premier and Rizza for putting on that incredible show. That was so sick to watch. And uh, revisit the GX 1000 roll up video because that is one of the best things ever made, in my humble opinion. Beyond that, of course, we can't leave home. We're all stuck. We're all fucked. And the government shut down everything. Um, I've been laid off from my job. I officially don't even have a job anymore. I once had a job. Not that I was so fucking stoked on my job to begin with. But it was kind of nice having an income for a while. So uh, trying to figure out some stuff with that. And that's one of the reasons I mentioned my website at the beginning. Um, because I will have a store up there pretty soon. Just working on getting all the photographs and whatnot. So I can display the my items properly. I got some pretty dope merch if I do say so myself. So I'm going to be doing that. Hopefully make some money on that and probably get some shit going on the side as well. Who the fuck knows, but we'll be okay. Um, Man, just strange times, dude. Just going around town and going to the store and shit. Everyone's got like plexiglass hanging from the ceiling, creating these little barriers against people. Uh, you got all this stuff on the floor. It's saying, please, social distance. It's such a huge psychological operation they're really beating that phrase into your mind social distance six feet six feet social distance and it's amazing anytime there's some verbiage like that pops up and everybody's using it immediately and the news outlets are using it the government people are using it the fucking cops and the the nurses and shit like you know something's going on this is all part of an agenda of course i've been talking about this since it fucking first showed up in china when I realized that hundreds of millions of people were getting quarantined in China, I knew something was up. I knew it was going to come here, and uh, so your boys been on it. Not that I've, not that I was able to change anything, but I, at least I was able to say, "Hey, this sucks," and it does. But um, I don't know what can you do. I guess they've they've shut down even the churches and stuff. In, in addition to shutting down all the small business and. You know, making it so you can't even go into a restaurant anymore. You can still go to Walmart. You can still go to Costco, Trader Joe's, all that shit. They have some weird stipulations in order to even get in. Uh, I've heard of stores being having the lines extend all the way around the block just to get into these stores because they can't allow more than 100 people in at one time. I think it depends on what state that you're in. But regardless, it's pretty insane. And, of course, what's the first thing they do? One of the first things they did was shut down the churches. You can't even go to church anymore. Uh, there's always been a big war against the church because the government wants, they don't like any the idea of anything being above them, God, for example. And Christianity especially gets it. It's amazing, too, how, how some religions seem to get a pass as far as the things you can, you know, say to them and shit. I don't know. It's so much political correctness going on right now that some religions seem to get a pass or something. For example, I just read an article earlier today that was especially disturbing. It was originally published in 2014 from Rotterdam, Britain. And it was about these little girls who are in, like, state care because their parents are drug addicts, so they're, they're foster children. And then these these Pakistani dudes, apparently there's some big Pakistani gangs in this town, which that's not funny. It's just kind of strange. <clears throat> uh, probably refugee things, the immigrants and whatnot which I've discussed on here as well. But then they lure these girls in into their cars and then say they're going to go take them to a party with some chicks and then they get, they gang rape these chicks, uh, little girls actually, they're, they're young kids, and then tell them if they tell anyone they're going to kill them and they'll even make examples of them. In this article, is talking about how they kidnapped this girl and then brought her someplace and doused her in gasoline and said that they were going to light her on fire if she said anything to anybody. And these are gangs of men. And they're predominantly – they're obviously Muslim men. They're from Pakistan. And they don't like the, – they don't see these little white girls as uh, being real people. They're just sexual objects in their ideas, these particular men. Not saying all Muslim men are like that. Um, I'm sure many of them are very respectful. I visited Indonesia, and it's like 99% Muslim, and they're the, the nicest people I'd ever met. But they did – this is happening across Europe in particular – Uh, the rape of white women by Muslim men in gangs and shit, and they're not doing anything about it. Like, this girl went to the cops a bunch of times and then said what was going on, and then they, like, got her in trouble. It's ridiculous. And it was all because of political correctness, because since these people were Muslim, you can't say anything about it. It's just ridiculous, and nobody should have a pass. It doesn't matter what fucking color or religion you are. If you're doing bad shit, you're doing bad shit, and you should be punished for it. And you need to be held accountable for your actions, it doesn't matter, you know, what religion you are or whatever, what the fuck, and what the fuck is up with these cops and stuff, and it's just ridiculous um, to see how things are going, and that this is still taking place all across Europe, but nobody talks about it, because it's not part of the agenda, you know, they they want to have the the open borders thing and just let everybody in. And have these different cultures and different ideologies, which don't necessarily coexist well, um, throw them all into one place and then watch the fucking fireworks show, I guess. Watch all this shit go down. So, if you want to read something that will especially make you mad, I believe that was published in Forbes magazine, talking about this one little girl's especially horrific encounter with these gangs there. Now, the reason why I mention that is because. I don't know, they're shutting down the churches. You can't go to church. You can go to Walmart, that's fine. You can't go to no small business to buy your clothes. You can buy clothes at Walmart or Target or whatever. But not anywhere else because they're not part of the club, I guess. And this seems to be another move towards, I mean, obviously, this is all part of the agenda. The Agenda 21, Agenda 2030 thing that was all written out by the United Nations. Uh, you can read through that document. It's long and it's very boring, but this is what we're living through. So if you want to understand what's happening, I'd encourage you to take a look at that document and see what's up. But yeah, just the bringing down of the churches. and and man, It's just kind of crazy, man. Not that I'm a super into the church. I don't go to church, but I think people should have the right to. But it's just interesting how some places have been left open. For example, you can still go get weed. You can still go to the liquor store. That's fine. You can go to Walmart, Costco, whatever the fuck, McDonald's. That's fine. These big, big, giant corporations, and of course, alcohol and weed. Which is funny to see how in just you know five or ten years, how how everything has been flipped upside down. I remember getting arrested for weed when I was fucking seventeen. We were at a New Year's party, and I ran away from the party, and then I got caught. I got tackled by like seven fucking cops. I was wasted. And I had, like, a little nug in my pocket, like, fucking half a gram of weed. And I got thrown in juvie, the whole shit, booked in. And, like, I didn't know when I was getting out. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I was only there for, like, a day or two. It wasn't bad. Watched Super Bad and the A-Team and had a delicious turkey dinner with, like, mashed potatoes. It was actually really cool. I met some really nice kids in there. And they taught me a couple card games. So that was actually a great experience. But then I was on probation for three months. Had to go take piss tests every fucking week. Go fucking hang out with these assholes down at the probation office. It fucking sucked. And now all of a sudden, weed, weed is an essential business. It's just crazy how how they can change things like that. And and then have the public accept it too. Because at that time, it was like a stigma if you smoked weed. I'm sure obviously a shitload of people have always smoked weed but now there's more and more since the government says it's okay. Now there's billboards for it and commercials and they deliver. And ah, it's ridiculous, man. Just so weird. We live in such a weird world. It's like a bad episode of the fucking Twilight Zone. And then in addition to that, have you guys seen this, these videos of the fucking hospital workers dancing around and making these stupid TikTok videos? Man, that's the most insulting shit I've seen in a while. They shut down the whole world, shut down all these businesses. Millions and millions of people have lost their jobs, which is never a good feeling. That's one of the leading causes of suicide is unemployment, just in case you guys haven't noticed that shit. Not that facts matter or anything, but so, yeah, everyone's losing their jobs. And then they've even shut down the hospitals because they're going to get overrun because of COVID-19, because of the coronavirus. Everyone's going to die. So nobody's allowed to work. Nobody's allowed to fucking do anything. Got to social distance, do all this fucking bullshit, stay inside. Hope you get a $1,200 check eventually. I don't know what the fuck that's going to do. But, um, you know, still got all your bills and stuff. But that's besides the point. So supposedly the reason for all of this is because the hospitals are overrun. There's this huge pandemic. I call it a pandemic. me in particular. But, yeah, supposedly the hospitals are all going crazy. Fucking they got to work 57-hour shifts and Everyone's dying and fucking shit's nuts, right? Oh, no. But then they they come out with these fucking dance videos. Like motherfucking choreographed shit with these nurses and doctors and surgeons or who even knows what the fuck they are. But they're in empty hospitals, dancing around, having a great fucking time. How the fuck is this happening? Isn't that... Some of the most ridiculous, insulting shit ever. And I reposted one of those videos on my Instagram and I made a comment. I was like, so this is what it looks like when hospitals are overrun by a pandemic. And then I said, "Uh, must be nice to be dancing around having a great time when millions of people have, have lost their jobs and shit like that. Which was kind of a dick comment, but fuck these guys. Like, given what's happening, doesn't it seem insensitive at the least? And then people, some people agree with me. But then these other people just came up and were like, dude, you're wrong. That's so fucked up. How could you say that? They're just trying to boost morale. They've worked a 12-hour shift with no breaks. And, you know, they're on the front line of this this health crisis, this and that. And they got, like, pissed, bro. Because apparently you're just not allowed to criticize anybody in the medical industry, especially now, which I should have known better. But it's like, bro, I didn't fucking make this video. I didn't tell these stupid assholes to... Dance around like a bunch of idiots and make a bad example for their whole profession? And like I said, I don't got nothing against no nurses or whatever. Although I do think the medical industry is incredibly corrupt and aimed at keeping people sick rather than curing them. But I don't think that goes down to the nurses and doctors in particular. Doctors more than nurses, but... Anyways, the pharmaceutical industry is all fucked. They own the medical industry. They own the hospitals and control and the education system and all that shit. But not that that matters. Whatever. We don't talk about that. We just go to the doctor and get raped and overcharged and all this shit. But the point of me reposting that and showing that shit was to just exemplify, like, wait a second. This is supposed to be a pandemic. These things are supposed to be filled up. These hospitals, there's supposed to be patients everywhere. And we're supposed to be saving them and helping them. Isn't that why we shut the world down? How the fuck do these people have time to make a fucking dance video? What the fuck, dude? It's crazy, bro. It's like... Swear to God, man, like we're living in a fucking episode of the Twilight Zone. I didn't understand how anybody could not understand that, where I was coming from with that shit, but it was mostly girls who get all, you know, they get emotional, like, oh, they're fucking such heroes and shit. And a couple of men, very girly men in my opinion. <laughs> but um, it was just weird, dude, to see the reaction. I got so much hate for that. I eventually just ended up deleting the post because I was getting so much. There was like 100 comments on that shit. And I got tired of re- replying to people and just getting having people yell at me and shit. I was like, damn, bro, fucking chill, bro. I didn't I didn't choreograph that shit. Now, if they would have been doing some Michael Jackson thriller type shit, then that would have been cool. Like, for example, if all of the sick patients got out of their beds looking like zombies and started doing some, you know, like thriller, then that would be cool. I'm all about that shit. But when it's just the doctors and the nurses, And they're in an empty hospital when supposedly they should be taking care of these bazillions of sick people. Uh, And that's why we shut the world down and shit, because there's all these sick people. But wait a second. They're in an empty hospital dancing around, having a great fucking time. This shit doesn't add up. And it seems like it's like a fucking... I don't know, man. Like a sick joke is being played on us or something. I just find it... Incredibly insulting and just weird, straight straight up strange for the most part. I was mostly just trying to show like, dude, this is weird. What the fuck? What a time for this. Because they had never done that before. I had never seen no challenge where doctors are doing this shit. First of all, it's disrespectful for the patients. Imagine if you were in this hospital, you're on your fucking last leg. You're like, doctor, doctor, I need you. And there's just nobody there because they're fucking dancing to some stupid fucking song. But uh, apparently, you know, whatever you got to do to have fun, that's the world we live in where everything is just about having fun. And, you know, facts don't matter. Reality doesn't matter. Rights don't matter. All that shit's out the window. But as long as you're having fun and you're entertained and you're entertaining other people, that's what life is all about. That's what they've turned it into, man, with this social media fucking society that we live in where everyone's trying to be a star. Everyone's trying to broadcast themselves and go fucking... YouTube platinum or some shit, Ah, it's crazy, man, and it's not like I'm not into that because I post stuff on social media as well, but I try to have it be a little meaningful and thought-provoking, but that's what makes you the most hated person in the world today is being, first of all, a white male trying to say some real shit, and I'm not saying that shit like I'm a fucking Trump supporter, like MAGA type shit, like fuck those guys too, but it's just strange, bro, the society that we live in, where you can't—some people can do no wrong, some people can do no right. And the division that we have been trained to to live under, this this black-white dichotomy, Republican-Democrat fucking hot, cold, whatever the fuck you want to call it, this binary system where it's either one way or the other and there's no gray area, there's no middle ground where most of the time that's where the truth lies anyways— But they use this Hegelian dialectic dichotomy, this binary system where it's one or the other and there's no compromise, which is ridiculous. And that's precisely what it's meant to do is divide people. And everyone who's fallen victim to that is just, man, I feel bad for you. Because that just means you're not thinking. You got to think for yourself and see beyond that shit. But if you only listen to the mainstream media or these stupid fucking celebrities, which are just like Illuminati puppets, whatever you want to call them, they're talking figures for the establishment, which definitely has an agenda, which is controlled by secret societies and some weird motherfuckers doing some weird shit. But, um, yeah, these are the people we look up to, and we just do whatever they say. It's a monkey-see, monkey-do type shit, and I find it very disgusting, honestly. Which is why, you know, I'll probably never become as popular as everybody who who will is just living in this fantasy world where everything's all about entertainment 100% of the time. Because that's not life, dude. That's not what life is about. Yeah, you have a good time sometimes and do your thing, let loose, and, and do your shit. That's fine. Of course. Life is meant to be enjoyed. But enjoying life doesn't mean that you're also ignoring every negative facet of life at the same time. That just means that you're delusional. You're psychotic. You have a neurosis in your brain because you are denying certain aspects of reality and focusing on only what you think is beneficial to you and everything that doesn't fit into your little narrative and your little explanation in your mind, which you have obviously never examined how you came to that conclusion in the first place. Anything that doesn't align with that shit, you throw it out and you'll even attack it and and do some fucked up shit just because, I don't know, man, it's cognitive dissonance, it's some weird shit going on. And ever since this lockdown quarantine thing has uh, started, it's been kicked up, man. It's been ramped up. These people who are like super brainwashed by the system, I think they're really coming out the woodwork right now and and showing their true colors. Not that we didn't notice them before, but it's just getting crazy, bro. I I feel like I've said bro a lot today. I'm just in a bro mood. Anyways. So, yeah, don't criticize the nurses and the doctors. They they fucking, they're heroes, bro, fighting an invisible war against an invisible enemy. No, they're fighting a war. They're in the front lines of a war against an invisible enemy. Which, in my opinion, the enemy is your rights. That's the real war that's being fought, is the government taking away your rights and putting you in your fucking place, you fucking slave. That's what's really happening here. Well, we can't discuss that because then you're a far-right conspiracy theorist, ultra-conservative, whatever they want to label you. Just they, There's some demeaning, ridiculing phrase that they have for anybody who says anything that doesn't align with exactly what they're saying. Don't think for yourself or else you are this, that, and the other. Conspiracy theorist. Which, don't forget, to the origin of the term conspiracy theorist came after the Kennedy assassination in the 60s. There's a lot of people who had questions about what was happening with that. And, you know, questioning the official narrative because it was ridiculous. And then they came up with this term conspiracy theorist. Which was a negative connotation directed towards anybody who asked questions and thought for themselves. And uh, it's just taken off from there and it's become a great way to ridicule and dismiss somebody because they're just crazy. To think that people would actually conspire with each other or formulate a plot in secrecy that may have nefarious intentions. Which is crazy to think that that doesn't happen. It literally happens every day, all day. That's like what our economy is based on. That's capitalism. That's business. People are plotting, man. What do you think? I fucking I I was conspiring when I was selling cars, dude. Drug dealers conspire. Fucking murderers, bank robbers, the real bank robbers, the banksters who own the banks who just got a trillion dollars from Donald Trump. That's some conspiring shit right there. But apparently we can't acknowledge the fact that people do that. Because then you're crazy. So yeah, obviously the um the pandemic, that's the big news, and that's all we can talk about now. So, you know, everyone's sick. I'm just stating the obvious here. You guys all know this shit. You're in your house like, dude, okay, I know. But Donald Trump came out and said that we got this shit called hydrochloroquine, which is apparently a mixture of azithromycin and zinc and something else. It's some antibiotic type thing, but... Some doctors have had success in treating their patients with this and they've made videos about it and documented it and it seems to work. And then you have the news people coming out and saying that this is going to kill. This is the dumbest shit anybody could have ever said. This guy is a maniac. He's not a doctor. He doesn't know what he's talking about. We got to listen to Fauci, who is the the leader of the fucking epidemiology shit, the leading viro- virologist. Virologist, is that how you say it? Uh, In the whole world, smartest doctor just can do no wrong and definitely doesn't have a vested interest in the vaccine industry or anything like that. Oh, no. Why would somebody want to do that? But everyone's saying you can't do that. No, that's crazy. In fact, the governor of Nevada, fucking Steve Sisolak, that douche, he outlawed the sale of these antibiotics, azithromycin. And it's like even if you need that shit, you can't get it. You got to jump all through all these hoops. He's making it so these doctors cannot treat these people with this. And just how insane, right? To to outlaw a drug? What if they need that shit? What if they have a really bad infection? Or, you know, something fucked up with their teeth or something or whatever. You know, there's plenty of different things that bacteria can infiltrate the body and makes you be very uncomfortable. Some people might even die from an infection like that. And you need some azithromycin to kill that shit. Antibiotics are not a terrible thing. They're good. I mean, for the most part, they, they do some good. They might fuck up your gut biome, but take some probiotics and... You're good to go. It's a nice thing to have access to these things. In fact, I don't even think doctors should dictate whether or not you can have it. They don't do that in Cambodia or Thailand. You can actually get fucking the drugs that you need. Go go figure, right? For me, I've had strep throat a bunch of times, and I know when I have strep throat, and I know that azithromycin will treat that. And there, there's other um, antibiotics that will do it too because I've had it so many times. So it was nice when I was there. I knew I had it. I was like, fuck. I saw all the white spots in my throat. It was red. It was uncomfortable. It was probably the 20th time I've had strep throat. So I went and got some antibiotics and then I was good within a couple of days. Go figure, right? That's crazy. But no, we can't do that here. We have to go see, we got to go see the priest in order to get that, the priest being the doctor. Because the scientific, established, the scientific establishment is the new priesthood. What was the priesthood in the Holy Roman Empire where the the pope controlled everything and then you had bishops and all these motherfuckers who were like they owned all the land they dictated what you couldn't couldn't do they had to interpret the bible for you you couldn't even read it yourself and it was a total control system by the state and it was the priests who you know they could do no wrong they knew everything they were directly related to god and that's why everybody had to listen to them and that was the the kings were like that too and the queens they had a relationship with god and they were like direct descendants of God, and that's the reason why they had a right to powers, the divine right of kings. And now, scientists are that. Well, first of all, there is no God anymore. Just throw out that ridiculous notion right now. There's nothing above the government. They're God. And the scientists and the doctors and anybody in this establishment, university professors, rich people, apparently Bill Gates and Elon Musk, they all fall into this category of somehow divine because people do worship them. They do. And it's like anything they say about anything is super important. Even though like, what does Bill Gates know about vaccines? I mean, he probably knows a little more than me because he's funded so many of them. He knows that it'd be a good way to reduce the population of the world. He's come out and said that, but you know, he's unelected. He, He didn't go to school for this shit, but he's just rich. And yet he gets to be the head of all these organizations that are, doing this, you know, global policies for immunization and vaccines when none of this shit's been tested. In fact, he comes out and says, no, we can't we can't test any of this. That would be bad. Uh, Robert Kennedy just posted that on his uh, Instagram page because he's a big, big opponent of the vaccine movement, not saying that he's an anti-vaxxer because that's a Another term just like conspiracy theorists, but there is some bad shit going on with these vaccines. In fact, they do use aborted fetal cells for these vaccines. They're straight up injecting you with aborted babies. There's mercury in some of these vaccines, which is incredibly toxic. And, and different stuff like that. And just to make it so you can't investigate entire industries because a scientist says that it's okay. When this scientist has a vested interest, they're being paid by someone. They have an agenda. You know, there's a monetary influence there. So why can't we question it? And then if you do question it and you try to think for yourself because you're concerned about the health of you and your family, well, then you're a bad person. Then you're an anti-vaxxer. And that's how easy it is to just dismiss an entire group of people, an entire subject, which is incredibly important. And you could just say, nah, it doesn't matter. Anti-vaxxer, conspiracy theorist, fucking you're crazy. And that's that. And eventually, with, with this shit right here, everything that's going on with the lockdown, the quarantine, eventually, man, these fucking brainwashed piece of shit cops, these pigs are going to come kick your fucking door down and be dragging motherfuckers out for being like that. We're the enemy, ma'am, And the state is the oppressor. They, they just want to control everything and do all this bad stuff. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are just so brainwashed by it, and that's what's dangerous. It's not necessarily this, this group of people at the top with these nefarious intentions, this Illuminati group or whatever you want to call it, the New World Order, or you could talk about the various foundations and the Rockefeller Foundation, the Bilderberg Group, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, whatever. They're all in conjunction. It's an octopus. It's the head of the octopus that controls it. And then you have all the tentacles, which are these organizations, foundations, governments, and high-ranking motherfuckers. And then you have just the order followers who are like the authoritarian arm of that who are like out there cracking skulls and shit, like the cops and the military and all of these people. And then you have the vast majority of the population, which would just be the goyim or the sheep. That's how they see you as the goyim. And those are the people just not doing anything. And just allowing it to happen because they're afraid, they're they're fucking cowards, and they're not going to say anything about it. And that's what's dangerous. It's not the the people at the top doing the bad shit with their plans. I mean, yeah, that is fucked up. But the real fucked up part is the people allowing them to do it and not saying anything about it. That's what's going to fuck us. is our own selves for not speaking out and not fucking caring about it. And thinking that somebody else is going to do it for you. We've been trained through these these Clint Eastwood movies, these John Wayne movies, of fucking Batman, Spider-Man type shit that like, if there's some ultra villain coming out to like fuck up the world and, and do some fucked up shit, that some superhero is going to pop up out of nowhere and save us all. But it's not like that. You got to be your own superhero. You got to save yourself. And uh, that's something that is concerning to me. It's it's the order followers who do the worst in the world. It was, you know, there was Hitler in World War II who had some crazy ideas and did some fucked up shit. Don't give, of course. Everybody knows that. That's that's obvious. Or there was Pol Pot in Cambodia. But it was it was the SS officers. It was the Khmer, you know, in, in Nazi Germany, it was the SS who, you know, rounded everybody up and threw them in the concentration camps and fucking tortured these people, starved them to death, did all this horrific shit. And then in in the uh, Cambodian genocide of the 70s, which we were right there in Vietnam, we knew it was happening and we didn't do anything to stop it. We let 6 million people get murdered. Uh, We being the American government, I wasn't there. I would have stopped it. But uh, yeah, you had the Khmer Rouge, which came through and took over Cambodia and forced all of the people in the cities, everybody in Phnom Penh and, and the other cities that were there into the hillsides to make them farm rice. And this, these were regular people. that They were like farmers and shit. They gave them AK-47s, brainwashed the fuck out of them, and then they did some horrific, horrific, just unspeakable things to their fellow man. And that's because they were just following orders. And They were just doing what they were told. And that is probably the worst thing you could ever do in this world, is just be an order follower, doing what you're told, and not thinking for yourself. Because you weren't given this life, this one fucking life, According to some people, who knows? Maybe this is your millionth life. I don't fucking know. Nobody knows. But yeah, you're here right now regardless and you're just going to do what some motherfucker tells you and that's it and not even think for yourself and then do some bad shit. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I find it insane because yeah, if you if you look through history and you understand what has been happening for thousands of years, you'll realize that that's the fact. It's, it's the order followers doing the bad shit the guy at the top who comes up with the plan he's a dick too but he wouldn't be able to do it without the the muscle you know what i'm saying and then the people who are watching it happen and, and watching it happen to their fucking neighbor and then by the time you know they speak out and get pissed off about it it's happening to them and there's nothing you can do so that's why i think it's important to be outspoken about these types of issues and to study it and to realize what's really going on but it seems like Everyone just wants to be entertained all the time. And and even for this quarantine, you would think that this would compel some people to actually look into some of these conspiracy theories or whatever you want to call them and try to figure things out for themselves. I mean, just look around what's happening. All of a sudden, the government made it so you can't even leave your house. Don't you think that should compel some people to maybe look into alternative explanations and try to understand what's happening? Which I think that's happened to an extent. But, dude, in reality, most people are just fucking watching Netflix, doing the same old shit they've been doing, man, and not even thinking about this because they're still under the impression that none of that stuff could be possible or, which I think is an even worse explanation or or rationalization that people have in their minds for this stuff is that, well, so what? They're so powerful. There's nothing I can do about it. What could I do about it anyways? And people totally rob themselves of their own power and they make it seem like they're completely powerless and they're just a victim just being swept along by the waves of the now and they're just little pawns for uh for the elite to do whatever they want and it's not even worth resistance you know resistance is futile that's that's what they believe that's their fucking and and if that's the case then why are you even continuing to exist you know what i'm saying like if you're that much of a pussy like what the fuck <laughs> Nothing you do matters and you're just here fucking, I don't know, being raped every day or some shit, then what's the point? I don't get it. In my opinion, what I think is that you are incredibly powerful. You are the most powerful thing that has ever existed in this whole entire universe. In a time in the world where we have the ability to influence more people than ever before. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. It's staggering how, how much you can impact the world. If you try. I mean, look what Martin Luther King did. Look what uh, Malcolm X did. You know, look what John F. Kennedy did. These are these are some great people who did some, some insane stuff. Not saying they were perfect. Nobody's perfect. But they were able to impact a huge, huge part of the world, the entire world. Not just the United States, but the entire world. And they were able to make some incredible changes. And look at the technology they had at their disposal. They, they didn't have shit. You know, they they were speaking face-to-face, putting in the work. And now we have the internet where we can literally meet, you know, we can broadcast to millions of people at any given moment, ideally. Uh, Obviously, some people are censored and, you know, such as myself. But but you have these other people who have huge channels and they are talking to millions of people. But, you know, what do they got? They got like cat videos and shit. They ain't saying nothing real. Or they're just condoning the the official narrative and if you do go out on a limb and try to do some real shit then you get banned but that's beside the point (laughs) I kind of I kind of just shit on my own argument there but it doesn't change the fact that you got to choose a side you know either either do fight the good fight or shut the fuck up Get get out of the way ah geez I don't know I'm just rambling though aren't I Let's talk more about the the governor of Nevada, good old Steve, Steve Sisolak. Fucking true, true high-quality cocksucker up there. Uh, he appointed the, the so we have this thing as a corona task force leader. He's going to lead the task force, and I'm sure he's going to get billions of dollars from the federal government through this fucking trillion-dollar stimulus thing that... None of your local businesses are going to see. That's going to be for the banksters and the people high up where they just printed this money out of thin air and it's just, here, here you go. And you get $1,200, which apparently that's what they say. I haven't fucking seen a penny yet, but, you know, just been out of work, lost like 10 grand, and they, they're going to give you a one-tenth of it. Ah, oh, Jesus. But, so he appointed the, the CEO of MGM Resorts. He stepped down from the position as the CEO of MGM. So, that should indicate that either the casino industry's fucked, which it seems like it is. They've been shut down for over a month now, which is so strange for, you know, if you're listening to this and you're from Nevada, you understand how weird that is. That's unprecedented. We never shut down the fuck casinos. We got Dottie shut down around here. What the fuck? It's nuts. So apparently this Corona Task Force leader position was compelling enough to make the CEO of MGM Resorts step down and take that position instead. And what the fuck does this guy know about battling a virus? This is the same motherfucker that allowed the Mandalay Bay Massacre to happen. The Las Vegas shooting. That was on his shit. And apparently he didn't get any video of this guy. And then the the videos that they do have are like one frame per second. Just terrible, like, insulting to to make it seem like they didn't catch this guy who, who did the fucking shooting. Whatever his name was. I forget it now. Um... Ah, man, I can't remember. Uh, Steven Paddock, was it? I don't even think he really fucking did it, honestly. That's my opinion. I think it was... Who the fuck knows? Maybe there was like four or five Manchurian candidates. They got brainwashed to do that shit. Some ex-Navy SEAL motherfuckers. Maybe there was somebody in a helicopter. I don't fucking know, man. They do have black helicopters that don't make any noise that they can shoot people from. But... I'm not saying it didn't happen. In fact, my dad's girlfriend was there, dude. She hit under like a hot dog truck when that shit was happening. Watch the motherfuckers get blown away. So it definitely happened and she was there. She loves concerts and stuff and it was horrific that she had to experience that and rest in peace to everybody that was affected by that. But what the fuck, Steve Sislak? You think this guy's ability to deal with disasters makes you think that he would be a good guy for this shit? after he, he allowed the most horrific shooting of of american history ah man ha, and how has nobody brought this up i'm the only one talking about this right now literally the only one and i got like a probably an audience of like 10 people who are listening <laughs> ah it's fucking nuts dude not one mainstream outlet will ever make that connection of how that guy owned the manila bay and was in charge of you know keeping people safe there I, in my opinion, he was fucking in on it. He allowed it to happen. Maybe the fucking governor allowed it too. I don't fucking know, man. They didn't do nothing to stop it. And they didn't do nothing to expose all the bullshit with it because that's one of those events, just like Sandy Hook, just like the Dark Knight shooting, just like 9 11, all this shit. It's just nobody will touch it. But apparently, Q is going to save us all, right? Fucking Q, some mysterious guy who's just going after the pedophiles and he just knows about, you know, Donald Trump and him are like working together or some shit. It's just the most ridiculous idea that anybody's ever had. It's such a blatant psychological operation playing upon people's hopes. And it's never going to happen, dude. Never going to happen, man. You don't get to be the president if you're going to do some good shit like that. And if you do, they're going to make an example of you, like what they did with John F. Kennedy. Now, I'm reading a book right now, which is called... uh, It's called Psychological Operations in Secret Societies which is an incredible book, very well done. Um, It was actually written in 2000, right before 9-11, which was the biggest psychological operation that we had ever experienced until now. I think that this coronavirus, COVID-19 thing is a huge psychological operation, which we've been being groomed for for decades, just as with the same thing with 9-11. But these types of psychological operations have stretched back to, you know, the very, very long time ago. And it's, it's like a magic ritual is what it is because here uh, in in regular day-to-day life people think of magic and sorcery and things like that and just laugh it off and shrug it off be like oh that's fucking retarded dude you think of some kid with like you know some goth kid with like black fingernails and hella belts and shit on his <laughs> on his pants and you know listen to some crazy death metal and has a pentagram you know painted on his ceiling in his bedroom or something and does some weird, you know, sacrifices a cat once in a while, but there's actually, you know, the people at the top in control of this society they take that stuff very seriously, and they're that's why they have these secret societies. That's what Freemasonry is. There's the OTO, um, there, there's a bunch of different satanic sets that do magic, you know, that's what Aleister Crowley was all about, Anton LaVey. There was Jack Parsons, who was. Instrumental in create, you know, getting us to the moon supposedly. Who the fuck knows? Uh, you know, the Nazis went around in World War Two looking for all these you know, different historically significant magic fucking things. You know, they're very into the occult, and it's just a fact that the people in control of the world, very powerful people, they're really into symbolism. They're really into architecture and masonry in particular, building stuff and destroying it, and they take. Magic very seriously, and that's what psychological operations are. It's kind of a scientific word to describe uh, uh, some sorcery, alchemical type stuff, and these these big public displays that impact everyone on a massive scale, and they they make everybody all anxious and get them scared. It's that can be used. That energy can be harvested, and it makes it so like people are prime for fucking for getting fucked basically. And and because they feel helpless, so it, we can go through history, and there was a guy back in the day. He was a playwright uh, during the Elizabethan era of England, named Christopher Marlowe, and he wrote this fucking these plays exposing John D. And John D. was he was like the state fucking sorcerer dude. <laughs> uh, John D. Look him up, man. He was he was in like the fifteenth century, I believe and he was uh, Queen Elizabeth's right-hand man, and she consulted him, because apparently this guy could talk to spirits, and he was doing some weird magic shit. You know, they really believed in that stuff back then. They weren't Christian or nothing, not at the top. They used that as a religion to control everybody else, but they were actually pagan, and had very, very old religions, um, where they did some weird shit. I'm no expert, I'm a, a layman, but... I kind of understand what's happening. And in Christopher Marlowe's case, I find especially intriguing because he wrote these plays. He was in his probably late, eh, mid, mid to late 20s. Incredibly brilliant guy. And his heart was in the right place. And he was trying to expose these these bad things and these like magical practices that the government was doing, which back then it was the royal government, the King and the Queen and Queen Elizabeth and John D. And he was exposing them and fucking saying, fuck these people. And uh, he, he said too much apparently, so so this is what they did. They made an example of him because they're, they're, everything has to be symbolic for them. And then they like to do things in jest, like a joke. For example, 9 11 it's an emergency. What was it? It was the biggest emergency ever. And they had to take away everybody's rights. You know what I'm saying? And then there was, after that, what well, came the Patriot Act? And there ain't nothing patriotic about that shit. It's to make fun of you. It's to fuck with you and shit on your face right in front of you. Just like these, these fucking nurses and doctors dancing around in the hospital when there's supposed to be a pandemic where everybody's dying. You know what I'm saying? They do these fucking jokes, dude. And it's just to fuck with you and it's just to get you all confused. Like, what is happening? I don't understand. It's like too much because it's it's hard to see through. But with Christopher Marlowe, he wrote these plays about the ruling elite of the the 1500s, the king, queen, motherfuckers, Queen Elizabeth in particular, and John D. And they didn't like that because he was starting to wake people up. People were starting to ask questions. He was disturbing the power structure. So they killed him by sending an agent of the state of Queen Elizabeth and John D. And they stabbed him in the eye. They stabbed him through the eye and killed him that way. And it was meant to be an example, make an example of this guy and it was a symbolic representation of blinding the eye of he who sees too much. They blinded the eye of he who saw too much. And that's a famous example throughout history. I mean, it's obviously it's not famous in mainstream circles, but conspiracy researchers will will be familiar with that. And I that resonates with me especially because after I made the song Digital Clouds, I was in 2015, I fucking... Went to New York City because there was, like, this Team Backpack Challenge thing. It was, like, you get to rap on stage with, like, 500 other whack rappers, and then maybe they'll pick you, and you give them 200 bucks, and then you fly out there, and then you get to fucking, like, rap and possibly become a superstar, according to Team Backpack. If Team Backpack thinks you're good, which I think they're whack, fuck them. You know, maybe I'm just hating, though. (laughs) But I've never been helped by anybody anywhere unless I paid them, so... Shout out Sea Lance and Mr. Green and Engine for putting me on, giving me some beats and shit. Cause you guys are cool. But uh yeah, never been helped out by any big rap organization. They 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 don't fucking like me. But they did invite me out there to take place in the team backpack. Uh, I forget what it was called, but like I said, yeah, it was somewhere we all rap on stage, do all this shit. And, you know, you get a chance to spit a sixteen. If they like you, you win. You win something. Um, so I went there and did that. That was in Brooklyn. I don't know if that was, that might have been 2016 by that time, like early, no, like June of 2016. And I was out there and I was in New York for a while. I was staying in Brooklyn. I was at an Airbnb with a French family. I've told this story on here too. But when I was at the venue one of the days, I was like trying to get away from it because it was kind of whack and I was alone. And, um, I was just kind of sick of rapping, like being around so many rappers. It gets old as a rapper. I can't even stand rappers myself. So I was chilling across the street with some dudes and shit and um, went and got a a beer, a couple beers from the the little corner store right there. We're just kicking it, you know, drinking, having a good time, talking and shit, rapping, whatever. And then this dude rolls up. And he's like this Indian guy, and his name was Owintano, this fucking motherfucker. And he comes up acting like my friend and shit, trying to hang out. And uh, I'm like, yeah, sure, dude, kick it, fucking grab a beer, that's cool, whatever. And then we start hanging out for a while. Time progresses, you know, drinking a little more, just chilling. He keeps talking up like this studio that he's got, or that his homie has, in in Jamaica, Queens, which is like a couple towns over. I mean, it's, it's all New York City, but it's fucking huge. So it's a different borough. And um, I was like, nah, you know, I don't know. Why the fuck does this guy want me to go there? And It didn't make sense. It was just kind of weird. But I thought, okay, maybe he's a nice guy. He wants to show off his friend. That's fine. You know, that's not unheard of. And, uh, you know, as time progressed, it got, you know, it got dark and stuff. It was like 10, 11, whatever. And I was like, fuck, you know, I had a good buzz going. Like, yeah, sure. Let's go to Jamaica, Queens. Let's go see what's up with this studio. You know, fast forward, it's a whole fucking story. But what ended up happening was this guy lured me into this place. And then ever since I fucking went there and went to this studio and left. And we we hung out there, had a couple beers, too. I smoked some weed with them and we just talked and we talked about all kinds of shit. We also got into like a conspiracy subject, started talking about the Rockefellers and shit. And then he started saying that he knew a Rockefeller kid like he was like best friends with one of these motherfuckers was like a son of the Rockefeller family and then I found out that he was staying at the French embassy with some bitch who was like a French diplomat and then the the engineer dude this Jamaican guy named Patrick he fucking said that his wife worked for the Rothschilds like as a fucking servant or some shit like at, a, at one of their fucking mansions or something so I'm like putting these pieces together I'm like damn this is fucking weird dude like what are the odds that these motherfuckers straight up know like the Illuminati? Like, there's no more iconic families than the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds, and somehow I, this conspiracy researcher dude, rapper, whatever the fuck, who made this digital cloud song trying to expose that um, and other songs, whatever. But this time, I think I had only released digital clouds and maybe a couple other songs. Um, but yeah, so we're there hanging out. We're I'm learning all these these mysterious weird things about these people as I'm there and then night goes on it's like midnight or one in the morning I'm pretty fucked up at this point I'm fine or whatever but then I bounce and uh, we go separate ways because he was going to Harlem to stay with this French diplomat person in the embassy apparently like what the fuck how are you how does this even make sense some Indian kid but he was like 30 something who even knows and the Jamaican was an old or Patrick was an old Jamaican guy and it was like a home studio. It was all very strange. And another thing it, with regards to that too, as we were going there, like walking down the street, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna see if uh he'll front me some weed. Apparently this guy, you know, he's saying he used to be a huge drug dealer, one of the biggest drug dealers in Queens, but then his house got shot up. So the FBI has been watching him, this and that. So he doesn't really sell, sell that much drugs anymore or something, but he was going to see if he'll front him an ounce of weed. And then, and then if he gets the weed, he'll give me some. And I'm like, okay, whatever, like, yeah, weed's cool. I'll take some. He's like, Yeah, but he'll he'll get sketched out if we talk about it in front of him. So I'm gonna ask you to go to the store and grab some beer, and then we'll talk about it while you're away. And then uh and then yeah, when we leave, I'll give you something. I was like, Okay, whatever. So that happened while we were there. I they had me go pick up some beer from the store, which is right down the street. I was like, Yeah, no problem. Do you want to go grab some beer, be right back? And then um, as we were leaving, I asked him about that. I was like, Hey, dude. I was like, Did he give you that weed? He's like, What? I was like, he said you were going to ask him about fronting frontin you some weed or whatever, and that's why you want me to go to the store. He's like, oh, oh, oh. So he's like totally lying about it. He's like, oh, no, nah, yeah, he, he uh, didn't want to do it or whatever. And then, um, okay, that was kind of weird. Another red flag. So not, <laughs> by this point, I'm fucked. And uh, so I leave, and then... I'm like trying to make my way back to the subway and I'm in Queens, in Jamaica, Queens, and I'm like trying to find the fucking subway station so I can get back to Brooklyn. And luckily I like wrote some notes on my phone, but as I'm walking, like I'm in New York City, dude. There's hella people, hella cars, like even in the middle of the night. And um, the these cars are driving by and my eyes are going crazy. Like I'm seeing all these big, bright flashes of lights, and it's like I had the worst panic attack, worst thing ever like I had to just sit on the curb and just fucking try to figure out what the fuck was happening like my eyes were going crazy I never had any visual problems I had perfect fucking vision up until this point and then all of a sudden after I leave this spot with these dudes my eyes are going fucking nuts dude and they haven't been same since like dude I was tripping bro I never felt that bad in my whole entire life like I was just so depressed so like just fuck, dude. It was crazy. It was a crazy attack of all different emotions. I don't know what was being happening. If they, if I got hit with some sort of fucking electromagnetic weapon to fuck with my brain, but whatever the fuck happened, it fucked with my fucking eyes, and they have never been the same since. Ever since then, like the next morning, I woke up. I made it back to the Airbnb, and there was all these weird lights and shit flashing because it was dark, and then a. A car would go by and then I'd get these crazy flashes of lights and it was like, what the fuck? It was staggering. It was hard to move. I didn't know what was going on. And then I, the next morning I wake up and it's like, I have all these, they're called floaters in your eyes and they look like spider webs floating around in your eyes. And it was mainly in my left eye when it first started. And I didn't think too much about it. It was like, okay, not a, not that big of a deal. Hopefully things are fine. And this clears up in a few days. And, um, you know, fast forward, what, fucking almost five years later, dude, I still got them, they're worse than ever, I've been to all kinds of doctors, all the experts, they have nothing, they don't know what the fuck's going on, and uh, it's, you know, the, one of the first specialists I went to see, I knew something was really fucked up, because everybody in the fucking waiting room was like 90 years old, and this was a retina specialist, because they thought that I had a torn retina, and that I was gonna go blind, so, you know, tell a 21-year-old kid that, and then like, Watch watch how shit gets pretty real after that. Like, oh, dude, you're going to go blind. Like, oh, fuck. But long story short, I'm not blind. My my vision's a little fucked up, but I can still see. I can still drive. I can still do what I got to do. But um, I feel for good old Christopher Marlowe right there because I think that maybe they had someone do that to me, man, try to blind the eye of he who sees too much. And maybe that I'm going out on a limb and I'm reaching. But, dude... None of that shit made sense until I found out about this guy, Christopher Marlowe, because I never knew about that. I was like, well, wait a second. If if I'm fucking, you know, if they're mad that I made this song, uh, Digital Clouds or whatever, you know, because that shit blew up and it was like being spread around on, uh, you know, chemtrail activists and shit. They were trying to get it out and people were really stoked on it. And um, I don't know. There's, there's some weird stuff going on in that movement, man, where there's like chills, like government people pretending to be activists to try to like lure people in and get their information. I don't fucking know, man. But I know that everybody who is doing work on that shit is probably on a list. I mean, that's that's not crazy to believe that, you know, they got a list of people who are viewed as threats to the state or whatever. I mean, that's that's pretty well known. You're probably on a terrorist watch list if you're an activist. And uh, so, you know, it's not inconceivable to think that they would know of me. But I didn't understand, like, why would they only go for, like, my eye or whatever? Like, that doesn't make sense. They could have just killed me, you know, if if it was that serious and they hated me this much, you know, because I'm such a bad fucking guy, apparently. And uh, it never made sense. I was like, why why my eyes, you know? It's minorly annoying, but it hasn't really, it hasn't changed my entire life. It's kind of pisses me off, but I've learned to accept it. It's whatever I can see, like, I'm, I'm chilling. It's getting worse, yeah, but... It's nothing I can't handle. It's not too fucked. Uh, it never made sense until I heard that story about Christopher Marlowe and how these fucking sorcerer, weird, magic-believing, occult motherfuckers, they have to do shit in a symbolic way, and they got to, like, make a joke of it. So they they did that to him, dude, blind the eye of he who sees too much. They stab him in the fucking eye. And I never made, and he was like a playwright. That's almost like, you know, like rappers are kind of like modern day playwrights now. You know, we're fucking, it's a medium of communication for the masses and it has the ability to impact people's minds and get them thinking differently about the world around them. That's what a good artist can do of any genre. So yeah, to see the correlation between that was, it was pretty insane, dude. And, um, has definitely kind of put things into perspective. Like, damn bro, did that fucking happen to me? What the fuck? Fucking crazy, man. And uh, I don't know, man. I'll, I'll leave it up to you guys to decide. There's, It's a longer story. I did it in one of my previous podcasts. I don't really remember which one or anything. But if you listen to them all, you can find it. But that was the basic gist of the story. And just kind of crazy, dude, about my eyes up until this point. But don't feel bad for me. Uh, Whatever, man. I'm fucking... I'm still here. <laughs> And it's, it doesn't seem to be anything too pressing at this moment. And it hasn't silenced me at all. Um, I'm still going as hard as ever as far as the music shit goes. So, yeah, fuck it. Now, the reason why I mention that is kind of psychological operations because I'm reading this book on it. It's really interesting. And they even go back to, like, Jack the Ripper in Britain and, and all the weird connections with that, how that seemed to be, like, part of a bigger organization which is aimed at kind of like terrorizing the public. Kind of like a school shooting back then, but it was some guy who who fucking raped these women and stabbed them to death and did all this fucked up shit. And there was a lot of weird things with that. And then fast forward, there was the Son of Sam killings, which took place in the 70s in New York City. And there was uh, David Berkowitz was the guy doing that shit. And... um. That's what they say it was, but he was also part of this larger network of like satanic people that they, that's why they call it the son of Sam. And they're saying it was actually the son of Uncle Sam. And that there was a whole satanic network of people who were doing these ritual killings aimed at just like shocking the consciousness of these people. And this was right after the Kennedy assassination, which was a huge psychological operation. Like you had the guy who was supposed to be the king of Camelot and he was supposed to come through and. And change shit, and he was loved, man. He was the most loved president ever. And, uh, you know, he was doing good things. He was a great speaker and just, you know, exposing this this secret government or whatever, moving behind the scenes and the monolithic conspiracy, to use his own words. And then what did they do, bro? They fucking blew his fucking brains out on TV, man, right into his wife's lap. And uh, that was a huge psychological operation, like, bam, what a, what a fucking shock right there, and then they killed Martin Luther King Jr., and Malcolm X, and, like, all these people, man, they just making examples of them, and doing it publicly and shit, and, like, creating these figures who, like, rise up, and they everyone loves them, and looks up to them and stuff, and then fucking shoot them, John Lennon, you know, that could be another one as well. And there's all these weird connections with these people who supposedly did it, like they could be Manchurian candidates, like they're brainwashing and shit like that. Like, And then, you know, fast forward to the modern day, all these school shootings and stuff, which is interesting to note that there hasn't been one, you know, ever since they shut the schools down. Maybe they'll justify shutting the schools down forever, which probably wouldn't be a bad thing. But uh, there's, you know, it was every other day there was a big shooting and all that shit it seemed like ever since Sandy Hook or ever since Columbine there was uh, some new shooting for us to be all very scared of and and people just you know want to kill you for no reasons but now it's just coronavirus has, has really taken precedent and has become the new thing that we can all be scared of so don't have to worry about uh school shootings or or mass shootings anymore cuz now it's all coronavirus and you're going to get killed by an invisible enemy and Whatever, right? So, a couple more interesting things to note. Uh, the U.S. just gave Israel a million masks. <laughs> That's pretty funny because they, they're saying that, like, you got to wear a shirt over your head because they don't have enough masks. And this is for people actually in the military, like our own soldiers and stuff, which you would think that we'd want to take care of these kids, right? Because, you know, they're heroes and they're they're helping us and protecting our country and whatnot. Nah, just give them a shirt to cover their face, and we'll send a million of the good masks to Israel. Wait a second, dude, that's a different country. What about us? <laughs> but apparently Israel takes precedent over our own nation, the United States, for whatever reason. And, you know, I'm sure y'all feel some type of way about Israel because they're, they're in on some doing some bad shit. The, the, the leaders of Israel, not the regular Israeli people. They're nice people. I met them traveling. Very nice, good people. Um, but it's, it's always the leaders, man. These government motherfuckers doing some fishy shit, murdering all the Palestinians in Gaza and shit. Like, man, they're doing some bad shit, but apparently they need masks more than we do. So good for them. Thanks Trump. And another weird thing that just came out yesterday, Microsoft came out with this new commercial. And as you know, Bill Gates just stepped down as the CEO, but Microsoft is like, did just straight up Illuminati company. Like these are some bad motherfuckers. Yeah. You know, Bill Gates is behind doing the ID twenty twenty thing, which injecting you with the mark of the beast and doing the whole thing, trying to push the vaccines, which could include who knows what, little nanobots tracking you everywhere. That's not too inconceivable. They have it. They can fucking do it. They want to do it. Ah, and they want everyone to have a digital ID because everyone deserves the ability to be identified by the government, apparently. But they their new spokesperson is Marina Abrabamba. Abramovic, Abramovic, she's this European artist who did the spirit cooking thing, and that was like a mock satanic sacrifice where they eat people and like drink their blood and do all this crazy, outlandish, weird satanic shit. It's like what the fuck? Now they're openly like this is their spokesperson for the Microsoft. Yeah, what a great company. What a great fucking company. Can't go to church, can't do nothing, but you're gonna put. You know, some Satanist bitch use their use them as the the spokesperson for this company, which has all this power and is too, you know so instrumental in all these crazy things happening, and they're just blatantly using Satanist people as their spokespeople. So, like I said, man, it's like we're living in a bad episode of the Twilight Zone. It's fucking strange, weird shit happening, weird ass shit. Um, I did have like an article that I wanted to read. Which I've already been talking for days. I've just been rambling. Let's see here. Oh, shit. I'm getting texts. Um, I'll read this one. It's kind of long. Oh, no. Is my phone working? It's pretty fucking long, actually. This shit will take like 20 minutes. But I'll read it until we get the the gist of it and it's about the food. Cause it's looking like we could come up with like a food shortage because well, I'll just read you the article and you guys can decide for yourselves. It's not it's not a bad idea to stock up on food. And meat in particular, if you eat meat, if you don't, then you know, do your thing. But there's been a war against meat for a long time and it's coincided with the popularity of veganism, which I'm sure everybody feels their own way of. Um you know, if you're into it, then great. But there are proteins and stuff that meat give you that are beneficial to the body, and there is a movement, a coordinated movement um, to get rid of that and like make it so you can't eat meat anymore, which is pretty nuts. So this is an example of that. But this goes for just regular farms too, and and uh, organics and regular you know, vegetables and fruits and stuff too. So it says. This is from activistpost.com. I'll post a link to it in the notes. And it says, where will the food come from? This was published on April 13th, 2020. Okay. Uh, Sorry. Wait, am I recording? Re we live? Oh, I'm live. Sorry. I had to stop for a second. Fucking it up. Okay. Where will the food come from? This by, by Bruce Fenton of ActivistPost.com. It says, risks of food shortages resulting from supply chain issues. The chaos and nth order effects of the virus and the reaction to it have created risks in all aspects of life. Food is such a crucial need that we must examine any risks related to it. We are told that there is plenty of food, but what does that mean? U.S. food supply, like all other aspects of our society, is both complex and fragile. While we have the capability of producing enough food to feed the country, in fact, actually the whole world, we need to also be able to deliver it and produce it in a manner that makes it usable. Normally, about half of all U.S. food and agriculture products end up in direct to consumer markets, including supermarkets, grocery, and retail stores. The other half is purchased and distributed by the wholesale, commercial, and food service sector. This includes restaurants, schools, institutions, and the hospitality industry, including hotels, resorts, cruise ships all primarily driven by tourism, the shutdown of many non-essential businesses, the closure of schools and universities, and the issuance of stay-at-home orders and travel bans in states across the country have caused the demand for food products normally distributed through the commercial supply chain to come to a grinding halt. At the same time, the demand for food products in the grocery retail sector has soared, with some distribution warehouses running at 200 to 500% their average capacity for this time of year. This extreme shift in demand and our inability to swiftly adapt to our current established distribution and supply chains to it is what currently poses the greatest threat to the food supply in the U.S. We also cannot rely on imports. Increased restrictions, geopolitical tensions, and the competing demands of our own shutdowns and workforce issues make it difficult to depend on previously reliable food importers. There are also significant processing businesses, which could be further interrupted. Surprisingly, a significant amount of U.S. seafood and other food is sent to China for processing and then sent back. Initial bouts of flash preparedness, buying... Initial bouts of flash preparedness buying have led consumers to flock to the grocery stores to buy up staples and supplies in bulk. In turn, the empty shelves have further fueled concerns for food shortages. Like the financial system, what appears sound on the surface to some has serious underlying weaknesses. Several significant underlying short- and long-term issues related to the supply of U.S. food and agricultural products remain. Number one. Independent supply chains for commercial and retail industries. The supply chains that distribute food to the commercial sector and the supply chains that supply retail, grocery sector function independent (coughs) retail slash grocery sector function independently from one another and are not interchangeable under today's system. They utilize different processors, packers, packers, distributors, distributors, sorry, I suck at reading, fuck, warehousing, shipping, and packaging systems and procedures and are subject to different industry regulations. Because of this, it is not possible to simply redirect the food products normally channeled through the commercial sector to the retail sector. Food products normally intended for commercial use would have been processed, packaged, and distributed according to standards and regulations set for retail in order to be properly funneled through that channel. This is through Reuters. Paul Sproul, a potato farmer in North Dakota, said processors who churn out french fries and other restaurant products have stopped buying most can't pivot to retail because they don't have customer facing packaging or relationships with stores for shelf space making these sorts of changes to processing and packaging systems take time and are costly often requiring new or modified equipment or machinery so you got all these guys growing this food but they can't sell it they can't do anything with it because they don't know how to package it and you know you know give it to the stores And there's all this red tape surrounding that too, so uh, the government probably wouldn't let them even if they could. Uh, Number two, shortage of agricultural and food service workers. In addition to the logistical challenges faced in rerouting food to retail markets, our food system is simultaneously facing increasing issues with declining numbers of agricultural and food service workers. U.S. farms depend on foreign labor and migrant workers who filled more than a quarter million agriculture jobs in the U.S. last year. Border closures, stricter entry policies, and delays in visa processing are all impeding the entry of the workforce needed to meet seasonal harvest deadlines. U.S.-based farmers and producers are already seeing the effects of these shortages as their unpicked crops begin to spoil in the fields. Georgia's Commissioner of Agriculture, Gary Black, expressed similar concerns. It is a reality. If there are no workers... There will be crops that will go unharvested, and that has a ripple effect throughout this economy, and it will affect the consumers of this nation. While many producers claim they would opt to fill these jobs with domestic workers, the reality is there aren't anywhere near enough people willing to work these jobs under the same conditions. Yes, so so these guys are working out in the hot sun all day, fucking probably making, you know, eight bucks an hour or whatever. (laughs) Regular white people don't want to do it, I guess, and fuck, man, I mean... They've definitely designed the, the system to be running that way. I don't know. We are also seeing a decline in the number of agricultural and food service workers currently employed in the U.S. due to the coronavirus pandemic. These workers are at a particularly high risk of contracting the virus due to proximity to and close interaction with others in their work environments as well as having little to no access to health care. Many of these migrant workers also live together in close quarters and share transportation to and from the fields each day, further increasing the likelihood of transmission. Similarly, workforce shortages are being seen in the meatpacking industries where fewer and fewer employees are showing up each day due to fears of contracting the virus in close contact working conditions. This is causing production to slow, which will inevitably lead to increased waste of meat products due to the inability to simply halt production. There's a concern for pork producers because they just can't turn their buildings on or off like you can an assembly line, he added. From the time Sows give... From the time from the time sows give birth to slaughter, it's a nine-month process that started nine months ago. Pigs continue to be born every day, whether they keep the whole capacity. So actually, I just read another article earlier that was about like one of the biggest pork producers shutting down their whole factory because like a hundred and something people in the place has coronavirus. So, you know, no more pork. What action can be taken on large-scale slash industry and regulation level? Number 1. Eliminate regulations harming food supply and distribution. There is an immediate need for adaptations in regulation and policy to promote and accommodate necessary shifts from wholesale to retail supply chains. There needs to be an immediate elimination of all rules and regulations that govern trucking, imports, agricultural, and work visas, labeling requirements for retail goods. Any rules and regulations preventing restaurants from selling groceries must be eliminated. Rules governing home-based food preparation must also be eliminated or reduced. Food, safety, and health officials must adapt and adjust to our change world and the emergency we are in. The priority must be securing and increasing food supply options. Number two, adaptation by farmers, distributors, manufacturers, grocers, and restaurants. So he's given us the solutions. That's great. Um, well, let's go to this one. We're gonna to skip to this because I'm I'm assuming most of you guys don't own a farm. And if you do, you know, go to the link in the bio and I mean in the in the notes and then read this for yourself. But let's see what the consumers can do, because I'm assuming most of us fall into that category. Number one, stock up on food as much as possible. Buy canned goods, rice, beans, potatoes, and other easy-to-store foods. Given the level of emergency and uncertainty we are in now, six to 12 months of food for your family is reasonable. Do the math to calculate how much you need. As many have seen in recent weeks, you may eat more than you realize, especially with a family. If you are financially able, getting even more food is worthwhile. If you don't use it, you can always sell or give it away or donate it. Unfortunately, the jobs and financial crisis will likely increase demand for food among the needy for a year or more. So stock up on food. Fuck, six to 12 months worth of food. That's a lot. Where would you keep that shit? Number two, support the same local restaurants they normally would by ordering takeout when possible. I've been doing that. Uh, I should have been mentioning that the whole time. Dude, you guys got to support your local businesses, especially the food places. Uh, Fucking go in there. Order what you would. Just take it to go. Do what you got to do because, you know, you, you really appreciate these places when you when they're not so easily accessible anymore. They uh, You got to support these guys, man. Can't let them go out of business. Many communities are compiling lists of local businesses that are still open for takeout. These businesses have been some of the most affected by the shift in demand, and by ordering takeout, customers can help provide some income to the restaurants, while also encouraging food resources to flow through the existing commercial supply chains. Uh, Number three, buy local. Directly from farmers and fishers who are no longer able to sell at restaurants and local and regional farmers markets. So, blah, blah, blah. Keeps going. And, uh yeah I don't know. I don't know. seems a little worrisome hopefully the the whole food industry doesn't get fucked because then what will we do? But um yeah, I mean it's not a it's not a bad idea to stock up on those types of items because when this all first started happening, we saw how how quickly the grocery stores ran out of food, and to assume that this supply chain will just last forever regardless of what's taking place in the economy and around the world with this supposed pandemic, which I call the plandemic. Um, we just don't know, man. We don't know what the fuck the next move is going to be. And uh, something big might happen. I don't know, man. I really don't. So I'm just kind of praying for the best here, guys. And and I hope you're all doing well out there. Thank you for listening today. Um, I'll be back soon with another broadcast. This was kind of a long one today but I hope you were able to pick up something from it like I said stay safe out there everybody make smart decisions and don't be afraid to be yourself and speak out about uh you know whatever it is you feel so you can reach out to me hit me up you know go through my website I got an email platform there you can go to homage.com h0 mage.com ecom and uh, you know, follow me on Instagram too if you don't know already. That's homage h zero m a g e.
1: And stay in touch. So,
0: thanks a lot, guys, for listening. Peace out.
1: How to I'm wondering about the horrors in the world that we witness, and what's the purpose of our babies being born into sickness. My core world of stalactites and spikes of icicles, in a house of disease and handicapped, blind cripples. I watched half my family die. The shit we've been through. I lost my brother, my sister, my cousin, my nephew. I watched the hearse come when my sister lost the first son. The tragedies in life or the lessons that we learn from. How <laughs> Jenny had a school crush She hit up his Facebook She finally got the guts To her surprise He replied And he asked to meet up And he was fast Hands all on her She couldn't keep up She said slow down He said no way It's about to go down Jenny tried to push him off He shoved her to the ground She tried to bite him And fight him With nowhere to run Hide. He overpowered her And pounded and thrusted we inside Busted inside Tonight a piece of Jennifer died When he was done She walked away As she stumbled and cried Don't want the papers the name her A neighborhood to shame her She didn't tell her parents She was scared that they would blame her A month went by, depression and self-hatred Seeing flashbacks of being forcefully penetrated The face of the rapist in the brain, she can't take it Looking through a drawer for a razor blade, but not to shave with Her blood leaked down the sink faucet Her life ended, still the rape was never reported That's why the rapist coward was never outed In fact, he remained free and he even bragged about it Told his friends about his hot fling with this hot thing around town He was the man, the school jock, prom king, the nerve with. Them women in town they worshipped him. The worst part is that Jenny was only his first victim. a pill popping, unapologetic and the neighborhoods are infested, the heroin epidemic, and little Eric started cutting classes, and then the heroin entered his bloodstream through his nasal passage, and every time his mom looked inside his eyes, she would cry, beady eye pupil, small nose, runny mouth dry picking scabs off his body, every day getting high, glory of the euphoria nausea when it's missing, no resisting the itching for a fixing up the addiction his mama looking through his baby pictures and reminiscing, so his mom got him rehab, it got him sober, he Went back to high school, trying to get his diploma It appeared this nightmare might be finally over Then he sniffed a bad batch and he fell into a coma Six months in a vegetative state, no closure Complications in his lungs, then he died from pneumonia Mommy's baby boy, born innocent and wholesome Used to change his diapers and breastfeed him and hold him She reminisced of Little League when Eric hit a home run Why should a mother have to live to bury her own son? I am
0: I don't believe, We're all one